0: Hello, I'm Tom Hauser. Welcome to a special edition of At Issue featuring a debate between the DFL candidates for Minnesota Governor Tim Walz, Lori Swanson, and Aaron Murphy. But first, some quick headlines. Minnesota's surge in absentee voting continues. The newest numbers from the Secretary of State show more than 195,000 ballots had been sent as of Thursday morning. That is up 90% from before the 2016 primary election. It's also up about 29,000 from a week ago. It was a busy week for all of the races in Minnesota ahead of Tuesday's primary. On Monday, the Democrats running for 5th Congressional District squared off in St. Louis Park. The Democratic nominee will be the heavy favorite to win that race coming up on November 6th. Vice President Mike Pence was in Duluth this week. He campaigned for Pete Stauber, a Republican running for Minnesota's 8th Congressional District seat. That is expected to be one of the most closely contested midterm races across the United States. Rick Nolan is not running for re-election, and five Democrats are running in a primary on Tuesday. Farmfest near Redwood Falls was the site of key candidate forums this week. The candidates running for former Senator Al Franken's seat went head-to-head on issues like trade, health care, and several ag issues. The gubernatorial candidates also faced off at Farm Fest with all five leading Republican and Democratic contenders on stage at the same time. Minnesotans will go to the polls on Tuesday to choose general election candidates for governor. Today, we will feature the leading three DFL candidates. First, here's what you need to know about Aaron Murphy, Tim Walls, and Lori Swanson. Aaron Murphy was the first candidate to enter the governor's race and secured the DFL endorsement back in June. She has represented her St. Paul district in the Minnesota House since 2007 and served as majority leader for two years. Murphy is also a registered nurse and the former executive director of the Minnesota Nurses Association. Her running mate is Erin May Quaid, a first-term state representative from Apple Valley. Tim Walls has represented Minnesota's first congressional district since 2007. He's a former teacher football coach, and command sergeant major in the Army National Guard. Walls currently lives in Mankato. He's running alongside Peggy Flanagan, a state representative from St. Louis Park. Lori Swanson jumped into the governor's race the day after the DFL wrapped up its state convention. She was first elected attorney general back in 2007. She surprised a lot of people by dropping out of the endorsement race for attorney general at the convention. Swanson selected retiring Congressman Rick Nolan from the 8th District to be her running mate. And we are joined by the DFL candidates for governor, Representative Aaron Murphy, Congressman Tim Walls, and Attorney General Lori Swanson. Thank you all for being here. I know you faced each other once or twice before this. I'm happy that you made time for us today. Uh, Let's start with the issue of taxes. This is always an area of contention between Republicans and Democrats. Your two possible Republican opponents favor lower taxes and lower spending across the board. Representative Murphy, let me start with you. Will you consider income tax increases to help pay for initiatives that you think are important for the state of Minnesota?
1: My job as the governor is to build our future and to keep our budget in balance. And I'm the majority leader in 2013 and 14 who put the budget back together again after Tim Pawlenty left us with the $6 billion budget deficit. I know how to balance the budget. I've done it before. That means how we raise money. That means how we spend money. The budget has two sides, and I'm going to keep that budget in
0: balance. So income taxes would be on the table if you think they're necessary.
1: You know what? I'm going to consider uh, what we need to do to build Minnesota's future and make decisions about the taxes and the spending as we go forward. I will announce those things in my budget after I'm elected as the next governor of the state of Minnesota.
0: Congressman
2: Walz. Yeah, Minnesotans are proud of the state that we built. The investments we've made in education, in transportation, in research, they know those are the things that built this state. They're also fair people. They understand that you have to pay for the things that you get, and you should have a great discussion about that, an open discussion. And they also feel that that there's those that should pay their fair share as we move forward. So I think it's a responsibility if you're advocating for things that we know will build Minnesota to have an honest discussion about that. Where are the revenues going to come from? Should we discuss the gas tax? Should we discuss income taxes? But we should always focus on what the real issue here is. What are the outcomes we want to get? Do we want to have the best qualified workforce in the world? Do we want to have a modern transportation system? And do we want the land-grant university the University of Minnesota Minnesota TO CONTINUE TO LEAD IN THE WORLD, AND BECAUSE OF THAT, I THINK AS GOVERNOR, IT'S MY RESPONSIBILITY. I WILL ADVOCATE FOR RESPONSIBLE balanced BUDGETING THAT GIVE US THOSE OUTCOMES.
0: ATTORNEY GENERAL SWANSON, IT'S NEVER POPULAR TO RAISE TAXES, BUT SOMETIMES, DO YOU HAVE TO MAKE THAT TOUGH DECISION?
3: Well, I don't have any plans to raise taxes. What I've done in the Attorney General's office is to live within our means. Our budget in the Attorney General's office is about 25% smaller than it was when I took office as Attorney General adjusted for inflation. Part of the responsibility of a leader in an executive branch agency is to balance the competing priorities, uh, do what you do well, and it is going to be important that we uh, have a good quality transportation system, that we fund our schools and our education. There may be areas uh, we uh, can't do things as well, uh, but I don't have any plans as I sit here uh, right now to raise taxes. Uh, Let's take a look
0: at a viewer question we have on the issue of taxes, and of course this is something that came up during the legislative session. Are you going to work to bring Minnesota taxes in line with the federal tax code? Are you going to eliminate income tax on retirees collecting Social Security, or are you going to continue to punish retirees? Uh, Tim walls let me start with you
2: yeah let's be clear first of all that the tax bill that the Republicans passed uh, with President Trump uh, is going to horrifically underfund those things we care deeply about including Medicare and uh, Medicaid and the and the programs that uh, that matter to Minnesotans. So bringing it in the line, what I'm going to do is bring tax code in line with what makes most sense for for Minnesota. Jeffrey's question on Social Security, I think this one needs to be discussed. I have a lot of seniors that come up to us. We're one of, I believe, five states that tax Social Security benefits. I think it's a valid question. I, as governor of Minnesota, uh, will certainly encourage and bring that that discussion forward because I I do think... uh, seniors living on a fixed income this is this is a place where we can look those that have much and those at the top end of the scale uh... there's there's reasons there and places we can make up a difference that doesn't have to fall on retirees
0: erin murphy you were in the legislature where both these issues came up tax conformity and the social security taxes where do you stand on those two
1: you know i've spent twelve years now with people of minnesota and i'm devoted to us and to our success and it is my job as the next governor to look out for our cherished elders. I'm going to do that. So we'll consider this issue among the many. Uh, but I want to make sure that the people who are living across the state, especially people who are retired, um, our cherished elders are living with dignity, with independence, that their family members are present and able to support them as they live out their years. So yeah, we'll take it that. We'll take a look at that issue in the context of a number of issues that we can do together to make sure that our senior citizens, our cherished elders, are living a good life in Minnesota.
0: It is tough to live on a fixed income. Would you look at that issue of taxing Social Security benefits at the state level?
3: I absolutely would. I would love to see taxes not being imposed on our senior citizens. It's really tough out there for seniors. They've got rising rent costs, rising prescription drug costs, you know, something like half of our seniors have about Uh, less than $10,000 to their name when they pass away. And so I'd love to see uh, that tax eliminated. We've got to look at what it costs to do that. I've seen some proposals where you can limit it for senior citizens of more moderate means. That might be an option as well. On tax conformity, we have to have a tax conformity bill uh, during the next session. It's going to be a very important action item at the beginning of the session that we've got to tackle. It's going to be a real nightmare for people if we don't do that where you have to file one set of federal tax returns and then follow a whole new set of rules at the state level. I think it's part of the consequence of how the legislative sessions have been going, you know, getting these bills that, you know, we can't seem to get progress on even though on tax conformity, the parties largely agreed that we, you know, in terms of how you get them in line, it was simply how, who, who pays which taxes
0: uh... transportation funding is another uh, annual point of uh, disagreement between republicans and democrats tim walls you recently said that you would quote fight for and sign into law a gas tax increase to fund transportation and work to convince Minnesotans it's a good idea. It's never popular in the polls. How will you convince Minnesotans that the gas tax should go up?
2: No, no, I'm not asking to be governor to be popular in the polls. I'm asking to do the things that need to be done. And I said this question of transportation, both safety and and in means of moving our economy, is at the forefront. We just came from Farm Fest out in in Redwood Falls, and and the issue out there is important. It's making the case to Minnesotans that we're being thrifty and we're being thoughtful with the increase in their dollars. If we're going to look at a gas tax Increase, we need to be very deliberate on how we're going to make those investments. And I think one of the things that we need to be very clear about is those that have used transportation as a way to divide this state, whether it's transit in the metro area and roads and bridges in greater Minnesota, are doing a great disservice. This state works best when we're one Minnesota, and transportation has always been the key of it. So I will stand firmly that we're going to have to have more investment. The gas tax, while not the best way to do it, is the one that's in place, and I will advocate to, to make the case.
0: Lori Swanson, would you make that case as a gas tax? Increase necessary to fund transportation, or are there other ways to do it?
3: We've got to have a stable, reliable, long term uh, sustainable solution to roads. What I support for roads is both roads and transit. We've got to do it both in greater Minnesota and in the metropolitan area. It's important for employers to get products to market. It's important for people to go about their daily lives. 50% of our roads are more than 50 years old. 40% of our bridges are more than 40 years old. And the average Minnesotan spends something like 40 hours a year stuck in traffic. And it costs a lot of money to cars, you know, billion dollars on potholes and car repairs as well. And so I hear from employers that we've got to have long-term sustainable solutions. What I plan to do is get the key stakeholders together get the business community together people who ship products to market and figure out how do we how do we fund that in a way that moves Minnesota forward so you
0: would not rule out a gas tax increase I'm not
3: ruling out a gas tax increase i'm not ruling it out i'm going to get the stakeholders together and figure out how do we fund this in a way that is you know creates a modern transportation system Aaron murphy if we're going to fund transportation, we've got to pay for it. And across the state of Minnesotans, across the
1: state, Minnesotans are clear uh, that we have not done enough on this issue, whether you talk to county commissioners, uh, members of the Chambers of Commerce, or people who are living all over the state of Minnesota who are very clear that they need transit and transportation to lead their daily lives. We can't do it if we don't pay for it. There needs to be dedicated funding. We have to think about Minnesota as one whole state and its infrastructure. When I'm the governor, we will do that.
0: Uh, we have another viewer question. This one is on healthcare. I think each of you in some way, shape, or form has talked about maybe eventually going to something like single-payer healthcare. The question is, why would single-payer healthcare be a better idea? Doesn't it lack the competition which drives innovation and improved service? Doesn't it leave one with no other provider if denied a procedure or service? And Aaron Murphy, let me go back to you on this. I know you're a nurse. You're very familiar with the healthcare system. Why is single-payer maybe the system that you would like to head in the direction of
1: minnesotans deserve health care they can count on especially when they're sick and in our system right now that's driven by the market the people who are sick are the ones who are paying the price I am the only candidate in this race who's put us on a path to a single-payer plan. It's time for us to put care and the care of Minnesotans ahead of the profit makers. Right now, the market and the profit makers, the insurance companies, the drug companies, the pharmaceutical benefit managers, they are driving a hard bargain. They are denying people care, and it is not right for the people of Minnesota. It's going to hurt our families our budget, and the state's economy. I'm the only candidate in this race who's going to put us on a path to single-payer. I'm going to get that done.
0: Critics of single-payer, of course, uh, refer to it as government-managed, government-run health care, and it's not nearly as popular when people hear that. uh.
2: Tim unless of course they're one of the 92 percent of veterans who rank the VA as the best health care system in the world so Nick's question though goes at the heart of what what Minnesotans want Minnesotans when they hear single payer when they hear market there's no real market it's pretty hard to shop when you don't even know what the prices are the outcomes but what Nick's getting at is people understand you need to be able to take your child to the doctor when they're sick it makes sense for Minnesotans that we make sure parents are able to do that they're able to pay for it and they're able to get back to work and produce so what I've said all along is we need to make continuous improvements this this health is a journey not a destination. If that destination is to get to single payer to get the efficiencies out of that, I agree. That's the place we should go. But for Nick and others, the first thing we should do is these people who are, especially some at Redwood Falls, farmers who are in an individual market that's not working. What I'll do as governor is make sure they have a public option to be able to buy into Minnesota Care. That's the start on the path to a better health care
0: system. Lori Swanson, two votes for single payer health care over here, or is that something you're in favor of?
3: Let me tell you what I'd do as governor. I let people buy into Minnesota Care. Um, the cost of health care is so outrageous. It, expensive. You talk to people, whether they're farmers or the self-employed, spending $30,000 a year on health care insurance premiums with $10,000 deductibles. That's not a very sustainable sol- situation for people who are not able to secure insurance. So I'd let people buy into Minnesota Care. It's a 25-year-old bipartisan program passed during Governor Carlson's administration. It's got good comprehensive coverage. I'd let people do that. I'd also bring down the cost of prescription drugs. It's the largest area where health care costs are going up, about 17% of the growth. In- and healthcare is pharmaceuticals and the rising area of healthcare care is pharmaceuticals. In Oregon and uh, Washington state, what they let people do is use the state's bulk purchasing power to bring down the cost of drugs. The state buys a lot of medicine for nursing homes and public programs. And in those states, people get discounts of 30 to 80 percent off their prescription drugs uh, just by using the state's bulk purchasing power. That makes sense to do. I'd also appoint and have in place commerce commissioners and uh, health insurance commissioners who would audit the HMOs and look at them to make sure every penny is spent wisely.
0: Let's switch to the topic of uh, gun control. And Lori Swanson, I will stick with you. In the past, you have had support from the NRA. Do you think, though, that Minnesota laws need to be changed uh, to make uh, Minnesota safer?
3: Well, I support the Second Amendment. I support the right to hunt and to own guns for your personal protection or recreational use. I'm a trap shooter myself. Uh, but I think there are some areas we can change the gun laws. I support enhanced background checks. I support letting judges have what's called red flag authorities so that law enforcement can file a petition and take guns away from people who are mentally uh, unstable and pose a a danger to other people. I also uh, support banning bump stocks and some of those kind of dangerous instrumentalities. I think we've got to do more than that, though. I think we also have to protect our schools and secure our schools. There was money in the bill, this legislative session, that would have done that, but it didn't become law because of the way... Lawmaking is occurring with 900-page bills passed in the middle of the night and the acrimony at the legislative session. Uh, we need to get more money to our schools. And then finally, school counselors. We are uh, fourth worst in the country when it comes to the number of school counselors per student. That's terrible. There's one counselor for every 723 kids. At a time of school shootings, suicides, opioid epidemic, we ought to have more counselors in our schools too.
0: Congressman Walls, you've gone from an A rating from the NRA to an F rating. You say you've evolved on the issue. Some people say it's political expediency. You're trying to appeal to voters on the left uh, for the primary. Which is it?
2: Well, I think as we've seen this, the country has changed on this issue. Certainly the NRA has changed on this, but Americans realize we've had this discussion now for the better part of 30 years, and it's accelerating to the point that people know I'm a lifelong sportsman. Uh, I certainly respect your Second Amendment rights, but I also am the father of of two uh, public school children here in Minnesota. I want them to come home safely. So when my daughter Hope comes home after Parkland and says, Dad, we have to do something, that's where the country's moving. But I think there's a difference between advocacy and actual leadership on this, and I believe we need to bring in the responsible gun Owners who also understand their hearts break and realize we have to bring safety. So, background checks certainly are there, banning the bump stock, making red flag laws. Those are all things that don't interfere in any way with responsible gun ownership.
0: And Murphy, you've been very outspoken on this issue.
1: I have. I want Minnesota to be a state where our children don't ever have to, again, practice a lockdown drill and when parents don't have to worry about their kids getting shot in our schools. I have always gotten an F from the NRA. The NRA of today is not different than the NRA of 12 years ago of 12 years ago where I've never filled out their questionnaire. I'm proud of that F and Minnesotans can count on me to stand with us, with our families, with our teachers, and for our children, and not play games with the NRA behind closed doors. It's time for us to move on this issue, and I'm in a position to actually get that work done.
0: This next issue dovetails with this uh, school safety. Governor Dayton had promised Uh, to do what he could to help make schools safer and the legislature did pass some money along with new gun control measures. Do you support efforts to provide money to schools to make them safer from school shootings? Uh, Lori Swanson, let me start with you just quickly on this issue.
3: Yeah, I touched on that before. I absolutely do. Um, I think we have to make schools safer, give them money. You know, if you walk into an airport or you walk into a courthouse, there's a lot of security in place. Our kids are going to schools, and no parents should be afraid of putting their kid on the bus. Uh, I would absolutely make that a top priority next session to give our schools more money. And the counselors, I think, is very important that I mention. you
0: worry about making these schools too yes. much of an encampment?
2: Yes, that, and, and I certainly support this. But I, like my entire education plan, focusing on those experts in the classroom and in those schools, making sure the input on these decisions. As a 20-year classroom teacher, understanding that that learning environment is critically important, too. Uh, once again, like so many of these issues as governor, we can strike the proper balance. Between safety and then that uh, welcoming learning environment.
1: I want our kids to learn freely in our public schools across the state of Minnesota. That means adequate counselors, school nurses, librarians, and teachers. Mm-hmm. And it also means that we're not going to arm our teachers like the NRA has suggested. That's not going to keep our kids safer. I want to keep our kids safe. I want them to learn in our schools so they're prepared to lead Minnesota in the future.
0: And now on the issue of education funding, uh, believe it or not, schools are also for learning, not just for uh, trying to keep kids safe. Governor Dayton increased uh, school funding every year. He was governor. Uh, Would you three make similar promises if you're elected governor, Lori Swanson?
3: I'd, I'd like to do that. I think I'd give Governor Dayton great marks on education. He really made that a priority. You know, I inherited a 1949 edition of National Geographic from my grandmother and it was a story about Minnesota and it said in the front of it that um, the the best part about Minnesota, the best asset of Minnesota is found between the ears of our children and that is absolutely true. Um, We need to have a good education system to set Minnesota apart, to uh, make sure that we're growing good jobs here, that we're creating a modern workforce, a modern economy, Uh, that's how we uh, deal with some of these other issues, Uh, transportation, healthcare, is by having an economy that grows and you do that through education.
0: IT IS EXPENSIVE, uh, CONGRESSMAN, TO CONTINUE TO FUND EDUCATION AT EVER GREATER LEVELS are the reforms you would seek as well as additional money
2: well it's pretty expensive not to fund it and then we see prison populations increase and we see a workforce that's not trained and opportunities lost but as a school teacher and uh... someone who understands education we fundamentally need to bring minnesota back to a point that every child black white brown indigenous no matter where they live get that opportunity to have that quality education that goes back again in the job of governor what i will do is make the case on what we're trying to get out of our education system be fair about how we talk about the taxation, making sure that we're not putting rural communities at a disadvantage where they have to have referendums just to fix leaky roofs, and we see other school districts building domed stadiums. That's where we get back to a fairness that created the Minnesota miracle that we've seen, that grew the opportunities across Minnesota, and in the end, start reducing property taxes and making a stronger, healthier economy.
0: Erin Murphy.
1: Education is important to every community across the state. It's something Minnesotans support. I am really proud to have earned the endorsement of Governor Dayton and he's been strong on education and I will continue with our promise to our kids and to our future by investing in our schools, by making sure we're doing our very best with the early learners of our schools, closing up the opportunity gap and the funding gap for our schools, and making sure that we are focusing on uh, high school education that puts our hands back on the things that we need to learn um, so we can make sure that our schools are preparing people for their future for career and for universities across the state of Minnesota.
0: Let's turn to the issue of immigration. Of course, it's a big issue across the country and here in the state of Minnesota. Tim Walz, you proposed making Minnesota a sanctuary state. For illegal immigrants, why is that?
2: Let's be very clear for your listeners, Tom, to understand what that means is the federal government's responsibility is immigration, immigration reform and immigration enforcement. What the police and the local entities in Minnesota are to keep our communities safe. When we see communities that trust their local law enforcement, that enforce our laws and respect both our immigrant community and those citizens that are here, we see better outcomes across the board. So what I've advocated for and continue to advocate for is smart, comprehensive immigration reform that recognizes we are a nation. Of immigrants, our immigrant community in Minnesota make us stronger, they make our economy stronger, they make it richer for us. So, this idea of putting fear into our communities, this idea of forcing jobs that aren't being trained for and should never be their responsibility on local law enforcement, that's what this is. So, being used, and I see this happen, um, both of the Republican candidates in this demonizing our immigrant neighbors, demonizing the tradition, that's not the direction we need
0: to go. Should Minnesota be a sanctuary state or should cities be allowed to provide sanctuary?
1: So the humanity of Minnesotans rises above documents and borders from my perspective. And it is important when I'm the governor for the state of Minnesota that Minnesotans understand that I'm going to look out for all of us. I will not allow law enforcement that I have responsibility for to be an extension of ICE and we're not going to build a federal detention center here. Minnesota needs to be a place where people from different parts of the country and different parts of the world come. Bring their talent, their creativity, their innovation, and their HARD-WORKING skills to build our future. We have a workforce that's aging. We have a shortage in workers right now. To build the economy of our future, to build the vibrant Minnesota that I believe in, we need people to come to the state of Minnesota, and that includes immigrants. And if the Congress can't get off the dime and do something about this, then we're going to make sure that we're looking out for people right here in the state of Minnesota.
0: Lori Swanson, you're the Attorney General. Uh, we're also a land of laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you agree with the idea of letting cities or the state be a sanctuary for people who are essentially breaking the law?
3: Well, I've generally favored local control on uh, these types of issues, letting cities um, pass their own uh, ordinances, regardless of you know what the topic is, whether it's immigration or, you know, feedlots or other types of local control issues. I think what we really need is comprehensive immigration reform. That's an issue that has to come from Congress. Uh, Congress has not been leading in that area. Uh, both uh, political parties, uh, there are those in both political parties who desperately want that kind of leadership, and hopefully Congress can do that on a bipartisan basis because it, it is a federal issue.
0: Uh, we're running short on time. Let's get to uh, mining real quick. a uh, Big issue in northeastern Minnesota. Aaron Murphy, uh, where do you stand on the issue of uh, polymet and maybe mining on some of the the lands near the Boundary Waters.
1: So I want to start off by being really clear that when I'm the governor, we're going to protect the crown jewel, the Boundary Waters here in the state of Minnesota. I don't like it when we are pitting clean water against good jobs. That's not a good idea for us here in the state of Minnesota. So my job as the governor is to enforce the law. It is to, to follow the law, to use research to guide my decision making, and know that I will protect our strategic asset of water.
0: Lori Swanson.
3: Yeah, I think um, we have to do mining in a way that's environmentally safe. Both are important. We're the land of 10,000 lakes in Minnesota. That's our, our motto. It's on every license plate, and we've got to protect water quality. As Attorney General, I've done that. I've uh, taken action against uh, a large corporate polluter, got the biggest environmental settlement in Minnesota history. We're using every penny to clean up the drinking water to make it better for people. We also have to have economic development, and so I would uh, have agencies in place that would follow the science, uh, commissioners in place who would you know do independent processes and reviews and follow the science.
0: So you'd have to study polymet more before you would
3: No, I think that polymet the next um, gov- that, that's largely going to be decided by the next governor. That one's that one's done, but to the extent there's future uh, mining pro- projects that come through, they've got to, you know, have a process in place that's Tim Walls. Yeah, these
2: up. are these are false choices that are Put in front of us, mining built this country. The capacity to be able to f- power the new clean energy economy is going to come out of this. We should follow the science, but it's going to bring people together to get this done in the right way. I'm proud that I have the support of being champion of the Boundary Waters groups, as well as the folks that actually mine, steel workers, iron workers, and those. That's how you bring people together to solve the problem, to make the case. We will never put our waters at risk, but we should do economic activities to build the state.
0: Got some other quick issues we want to get to, Lori Swanson. You've been accused of coercing employees in your office of attorney general to do campaign work. The initial report from a website called The Intercept was based on unidentified sources, but now they've got a man named DeAndre Norman on the record saying it's all true. Uh, He worked for you for a number of years before he was fired in 2014. How do you respond?
3: The Intercept is an online blog that's run by a billionaire who is a business partner of another billionaire whose companies I took on and took down. There's a company called Accretive Health and another company called National Arbitration Forum. They were probably my two biggest cases as attorney general that I filed. But to I, the
0: allegations that they're yeah, making. Yeah, let
3: me get to that though, Tom. So I've um, probably cost that billionaire hundreds of millions of dollars by shutting down his companies. It's uh, the first time a publicly traded corporation has ever been banned from Minnesota. This is a widely discredited online publication. And it's... Um, Settling a score. I expect that when I take on these big corporations as Attorney General. They're not going to like it and they're going to make allegations. Now, on on the specific allegation, uh, people in the Attorney General's office do not engage in political activity during work hours. Uh, That's simply not uh, the case. To the extent anybody volunteers on uh, political activities or political campaigns for me or anyone else, they do it on their own time, uh, at their own discretion. Uh, um, Go ahead. Tim Walls, is
0: this fair game for voters to consider?
2: Well, I'm deeply concerned, and we'll find out. I am concerned, though, when the first response is something's fake news, rather than trying to see where things come out of. People are reporting on the issues, and, and this is a deeply concerning thing, and I think we'll get to the bottom of it.
0: Erin Murphy?
1: You know, this is a question for the voters, and I think there's a question there for them to consider. I've learned over my 12 years in public office that you got to just speak the truth to people, tell them and answer the questions that they're asking. I think it's important that this is a question uh, that be answered by the attorney general. Uh, But I'll tell you this, in the the 20 months that I've been in this race, I continue to show up. I show up and speak to the people of Minnesota and that's how we've built such a strong campaign across the state
0: of Minnesota. All right, just 30 seconds left uh, real quick. Uh, Tim Walls, Lori Swanson, has run an ad against you about your voting record in Congress while you've been running for governor. Is that fair game?
2: Yeah, well, I'm sorry we're taking the low road that Lori decided to do that. I think we're always a balancing act between family, jobs, flooding. Uh, I think people in Minnesota know the job that I've done for them. Uh, they also know that they've seen me out there campaigning hard.
0: Ten seconds left. Uh, critics have said your campaign is too metro-focused, uh, that you are from St. Paul. You're running made from Apple Valley. Uh, How do you respond to that?
1: When I'm elected governor, Minnesotans won't have to come to me. I'm going to go to them. We're going to open up eight regional offices across the state, and I'm going to use the power of this office to stitch us back together
0: again. All right, we are out of time. Aaron Murphy, Tim Walls, Lori Swanson, thank thank you all for being here. I appreciate it. You can also listen to episodes of At Issue every week on iTunes and Podcast One. We have links posted on our website. Just head to the At Issue page at KSTB.com. You'll be able to hear uh, this entire debate again uh, on Podcast One or iTunes. That is all the time we have for now. We hope to see you back here again next week. And again, don't forget to vote in the primary on Tuesday. We'll see you next week for another edition of At Issue.